Hey guys, welcome to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. Um, today's podcast comes, it's so timely. I, I always say that my podcast guests always seem to find me or I find them at exactly the time that I need it and probably my audience needs it as well. And today is not an exception. Today I am speaking with Cherie Burton and she is an emotional healing expert. Did I get that right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> My shorts are memories. That's so great. She's an emotional hearing expert. She's a mom of six. I'm so excited to talk to her today. Welcome to the show, Sheree. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here in these crazy times. <laughs> mm, they are interesting times. Yeah. So one of the reasons that I was so called to you and what you're doing is you talk a lot about femininity. You talk a lot about emotional healing and, and figuring out who you are. And the reason why I thought this would be a really good match for today is because, you know, I have been talking on this podcast and on my Facebook lives and on my Instagram about how similar this journey is through coronavirus, uh, comparing it to going through cancer. And I just wrote a book about life after cancer and how crazy it is and how, um, you know, you think that you're finished with cancer and then all of a sudden everything is hunky dory, but it's not quite like that. And I think we're going to go through something like that with coronavirus as well. So I was really intrigued in, in talking to you in that way about sort of that emotional healing, stepping into who you are and how our listeners can, um, really know how to do that after this is all over. So before we get into sort of that topic, Maybe you can give us a little background on you, why you're the expert, and then we can dig in. <laughs> I think we're the expert because we've lived through something, not because we sat in a classroom traditionally and studied it. Uh, I always say your mess is your message. So whatever the universe has served up to you in the forms of usually trauma or dysfunction or what have you, it morphs into in some way what you're meant to share, teach, bless, lift, heal, whatever the planet. Um, in a real short synopsis kind of way, concisely, because I've lived through a lot of drama, as we all have. Um, the biggest piece to my where, why I got into emotional healing is because of my very pronounced history, family history of mental illness. So my aunt took her life, my dad's sister took her life uh, when she was 32 in her suicide letter, asked my parents to raise her three-year-old son. I'm second of seven, he's the seventh child. My parents adopted him. He was raised as my brother. That was my first real exposure to suicide, depression, or any kind of troop. But my mother herself was in bed with depression for many years growing up. We didn't know it was wrong. Fast forward, I go get a psych degree. And then my sister, a year older, and sister, two years younger, were both diagnosed bipolar. Um, actually, um, fast forward another 15 years, my sister, two years younger, mother of five, took her life and um, also left a suicide letter. She was 34 and um, had five children ages two through five. So that was 15 years ago, actually this week that mm. my sister took her life. So it's been, you know, it's been a journey of just people very close to me. I was always drawn to psychology. I was always drawn to understand human behavior, but when it hit so close to home and then I was a mom, right. And I'm like, ah, this is going to be passed on to my children, no doubt bipolar or um, you know, depression or something on the anxiety spectrum. It's going to be every family's been touched by it. I literally don't know anyone who hasn't had something happen in their family, but it's only been recently that these things have been diagnosed. So with that said, uh, it became very personal to me. I remember standing over her grave and just saying, I'll be your voice, you know, because I talk a lot and um, I actually have a strong desire to teach. I always have. So it's morphed into 
self-publishing a book on depression and then um, just really climbing into the holistic arena because I was in the clinical setting as a group therapist at a psychiatric hospital and an addiction recovery center and a voice behavioral facility. And I noticed there was a great deal of relapse, recidivism, people weren't really getting well. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I lose my sister. And then it just all built to this, like, what's go, how do people get well? Mm. Like, well? I wanted to crack the code. I literally was like, show me universe, like show me God, whatever. I don't care if it's how out of the box it is. If, if it's not, if it's going to stop, the cycle is going to stop and the family pattern is going to stop. Like, I don't care what it is. So mm. it just, it just shoved me right into this arena of like blowing open everything and really looking at the whole person, mm. the whole, mind, body, spirit, of course, but also like down to the like quantum DNA, just how do people become well? Mm. That's kind of my story and have children. And, you know, I have my kids range in age from five to 25 and I have two grandchildren. So there's a lot of, uh, I, as a mother, just trying to like give my children options that aren't typically talked about in mainstream and like, how do we heal as a family and how do we move forward in this really crazy era? The virus, as you mentioned, what it's doing right now for the collective unconscious is it's triggering our fear response. So how you were already dealing with fear prior to the onset of this global pandemic, which has hit critical mass, no one's not been affected psychologically. So how you already dealt with fear will get triggered through this. And so literally isolating into your, like we're literally climbing, there's no, that's the global invitation is we're all climbing in and going, what does this mean for me? Not just what does it mean for the world? Like what, what, is it, what does fear mean for me? Mm -hmm. And we're not always conscious that's what's happening, but that is exactly what is, what is going on. So that's so interesting. Do you find that because you've been through a lot of stuff in life, a lot of trauma, a lot of, um, you know, difficult things that it's, it's easier for somebody who has gone through a lot in their lives and faced fear before to handle this versus somebody who maybe hasn't had as much opportunity to face fear? Yeah. So, uh, you know, everyone has to manage fear in this lifetime. I mean, the second you were born, you were in a fear response. Like it's, it, everything's trauma, everything's, so it's, it's not someone has more drama than the next person. It really is just like, how, how is each individual like galvanized against the onslaught of chaos around them? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but if you, if you were in the middle of a life experience that was supercharged already, mm -hmm. Like, let's say you were going through a divorce or you just lost a loved one or you were like, in my case, I was moving mm. houses and that's really traumatic. Um, you're going to, it's just like, it's just like this healing gesture from the universe. Like, here you go. You get, you know, life 101. So, you know, it's really subjective because what's, what's really charged for me and what's really up for me and what I feel in my body is not someone else could be having that exact same life experience and it's not going to charge them up the same way it did me. Mm. So we are all walk, walking through the muck. We're all in it. Um, and some people are just better, better at hiding it. Mm. I mean, for me, that's, that's just it. I mean, everybody, you cannot have a human body right now on the planet <laughs> and not be triggered in something. It's just the nature of, you know, this domain on the earth. 
Yeah. It's amazing to me how some days I feel so peaceful, so calm, so collected. Some days I feel so energized and ambitious and other days I am just like the laziest, most uninterested, you know, it's, it's just so interesting. In fact, today I'm having a motivational day (laughs) and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to catch up on all the things I didn't do last week because (laughs) I just couldn't get my act together. Mm, It's so, and that's great. Like, you know, I mean, we can't stay up. The other part of what's happening right now is we, um, for those of us who track moon cycles and women especially are very attuned to the cycles of the moon, um, we're in a waning phase. We, we had a full, you know, we just have this full moon and now this new moon. So your body is trying to calibrate, like there's seasons of rest is what I'm saying. And then there's mm-hmm. seasons of productivity mm-hmm. and the old ma- And I teach a lot about the new feminine paradigm, which is like honoring your body and your cycles and the earth. And the old masculine paradigm is like, you always have to be producing and achieving and getting to the next thing on your checklist and whatever. And the new way is just moving into like, what do I need right now? Oh, I might need to rest. I need, might need a Netflix binge, but mm-hmm. Like it's seasonal. So we can't beat ourselves up that we're not always at peak performance and mm-hmm. killing it or whatever. Like we have, we are more productive when we go into cycles of rest and rebuilding as opposed to just always being at this, you know, and I learned that the hard way through burnout of having yeah. children and a bit two businesses. And I'm like, there's no way I can stay. And I'm not modeling a healthy response for my kids when I'm always just crushing it. Right. Yeah. Um, they don't like me like that. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Like me like that. Yeah. I think it's so interesting. I I see a lot of people talking on social media about how they're resting more, they're sleeping later. Uh, I've noticed my own biological clock has shifted for sure. um, As far as like I go to bed a little later, I go, I wake up a little bit later than usual. Um, I'm not sure I like it, but it just seems to be what's naturally happening. So I think that that's just so interesting. And I, I too have really spent a lot of time every day waking up and saying, okay, what's good for me today? And, you know, it's hard because you have responsibilities and you have certain things you need to take care of. But um, certainly there are days where I push off some responsibilities and I don't feel guilty about it. Good. (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, It's not, it's not always easy. Right. So, all right. I want to talk a little bit about um, what you said. Your mess is your message. Can you um, talk about that a little bit? Right. So we all incarnated into a family system that was totally imperfect. Um, and that's the beauty of being human. It's super messy. And I know we can spend a lot of energy in what we didn't get or, you know, how our parents showed up, which was probably really, I mean, they, they were just trying to do the best they could for the most part. So there's that, but usually you'll have a series or maybe just one big life experience to date that just has really shaped you. And it usually comes in the form of a really tough life lesson. So for me, you know, obviously my sister's suicide, I've had other things happen to me that we don't even have time for in the podcast to explore. Um, but I just like my husband, and I almost got a divorce after being together 25 years and having all these children. And, um, and it's been coming back to healing and looking at like the trigger that brought us to that space and looking at going like, that's a mess, you know? And so there's also a message in that. There's also something powerful in there that, sorry, thank you. And this is my youngest daughter. I'll see you. This is life in the pandemic. I'm just saying. (laughs) 
It's all good. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> tell me that she's going to a waterfall. So yeah, so you, you have this like package of mess and you get to unravel it and say, what's the lesson here? And how can I take this tangle, tangled web of, you know, mm-hmm. emotion and hurt and pain and transmute it and take it in, as a message as some way I show up for others because I've lived it. I it's I I haven't just like opened a book and read about it. Like I've lived it. Like that little girl you just saw pop in. She um she's another example of a, like a mess. <laughs> um she was born when I was 45 and a half years old. Um she came through a, step, a private adoption. She was our foster baby. I had to fight six court hearings to get her. I had to move into a one bedroom apartment in Stockton, California and, um, and put, you know, basically like stop my whole life to bring her into our family. So the message in that is I've never walked through an experience where I had to surrender so much and mm-hmm. fight so hard. Um, so we're, there's always going to be something that shows up as an invitation that we get to look at it and go, Oh my gosh, this is such a mess and it doesn't fit in the box. And there's no training manual for this. Like I just have to live it. I have to live it in my body and I have to feel all the feels. And then I get to take that and go, all right, now what am, why did this happen? Like, it's not just about me. There's something in here that I get to share with others. Mm. Because guaranteed when you go through something really crappy, there's a rainbow on the other side. There's a pot of gold, but you're also going to meet people. The universe will literally send you people that you don't have to seek out that have been through what you just went through so you can help them so mm-hmm. that you can actually be like, Hey, I've been there. I, I know exactly how you feel. I mean, think about the worst experience you've been through in your life and people that were just coming in to give you advice. I had no freaking clue about anything related to that. They just had all this, these platitudes and advice for you. But, mm-hmm. but then someone showed up who was like, Oh, I get it. Like, I was right there and this is how I, and you're like nodding your head and you trust that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that builds the empathy when you've lived it and that's how your message, your message, because you like, Hey, mm-hmm. and now we all have the shared pandemic experience. Some people have lost someone really close to them mm-hmm. and, um, and you can't go to a funeral right now. You can't like the, the people that, have lost someone during this time who had a funeral where no one came are going to be able to bond. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just so much happening right now, messy that at some future date, those people that have lived through that are going to be able to reach other people in ways that Mm. that I can't because I, that's not been my experience. My experience with this pandemic to this point has been, um, yeah, it's not easy. And my kids are home from school and all that. But like my, what I do is galvanize my people need what I have. People need these kind of conversations. And I know you get it. Like what I do is like shatter proof. It's economic collapse proof. It's, and that's how I know that I got to keep doing what I do because it's not a time for me to just always rest on the couch. Mm-hmm. I have to show up because I've been prepared for this. And there's a lot of us who have, there's a lot, and I'm sure you can relate to that. 
Yeah, definitely. And I do feel that my life experiences have changed the way I'm going through this, like I mentioned before, but not just that, I realized that um, I'm okay with not knowing why this is happening right now. I, I don't know why. And, I, and there are moments where I go, well, why is this happening? And I say, you know what, I don't know why. But I didn't know why I went through infertility when I was going through it. And it turned into a beautiful career for me, similar to you know what you're saying. Uh, I didn't know why I got breast cancer, but I knew from day one that, that I had to use it as a, um, a platform to educate women and to keep them uh, abreast, no pun intended, as to what they need to do to continue with their health. And um, I know now also going through this, that there will be something. I don't, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm okay with that. And, you know, I, I keep saying that uh, this pandemic has really outed my control freak friends because <laughs> you, you know, you know, when somebody's like, it doesn't know how to surrender because they're like, they're, those are the ones that are like, get me out of here. Well, I need to know what date this is going to be over. I want to go back to my normal life. And you know, there, there is a certain amount of surrendering. I think that comes along with this pandemic that you need to understand that your life will never go back to the way it was before. It will be a new normal. And it took me a really long time to learn that after breast cancer, a really long time, which is why I wrote the book. I think it's what people don't talk about that part of the journey. They think when you're sure. done, you're done. You're good. You're alive. You should be happy. And I, and I, I keep saying, I don't know if that's what's going to happen when this is over, but I just get a suspicion that a lot of us are going to go back to work or back to wherever and go, did I even really want to be here? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's helping us like examine everything that we were doing before. It's like a whole new world. And for some people, it's a new path entirely. Mm -hmm. Like it's a gift. You're losing your job. Mm -hmm. Like it sucks. Um, but every time there's a saying, like every time God closes a door, he opens another one. Right. So I think that's happening on a global level. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of doors are being shut, but there's a lot more being open. If you have eyes to see, and like you're saying with your control freak friends, like I have that like in me, like, mm. okay, what's, what's next? What do we do here? Like what's going to, what, but the greater, it's beautiful that you're saying it's great being in the not knowing it's great being in the surrender space. Um, that is a portal. Surrender is a portal into all that is, mm. into all of creation. And so the people who can come into a spiritual practice like meditation, breath work, yoga, um, it's deeper than religion. And I'm actually glad all the religions are closing their doors right now. Well, for the most part, and mm. um, that it's not a physical place you go to because guess what? Your temple's in here right now. Mm. This is what you need to access. And for, for those of pe people who are awake to that, then they, they get to show other people how to access that. Mm. Um, and so it's deeper than just like lip service or mm. showing up and looking good at church. It's like, I'm in my body and I'm faced with me. Mm -hmm. And what is my connection to the divine? What is my spiritual path? It has very little to do with religion. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I write about this in the book and I say, you know, it's not a religious, it's not a religious experience. You can believe in God or not believe in God or go to temple or go to church or whatever you do. It doesn't matter. You just need to believe in something bigger than you. And mm -hmm. I mean, if this pandemic doesn't prove there's something bigger than us, you know, I don't know what does because if it wasn't bigger than us, we would have it under control. So, you know, there is always a greater force working towards good, even though that force may not look so pretty all the time. Yeah. And, and that is exactly, yeah. I love what, how you phrase that because 
we, everyone's like these uncertain times. I'm like, when have times ever been right. certain? <laughs> right. I don't know where you've been living. Like, what planet have you been living on? Like nothing's ever certain. Never take a day for granted. You could walk out the door and, and get hit by like a car, you know, like um, nothing is ever certain. And so the beauty of this invitation is like living each day as if, you're so present and it's beautiful and it's painful and it's messy and you're human and you want to eat Doritos and Snickers and sit on the couch. Like it just is what it is. Yeah. And the second you wake up to your own and, and accept and allow yourself to be where you're at is the second you open to your healing. It's mm -hmm. like coming as you are. And also fighting that I think causes more, if you're anxious and you're fighting the anxiety, you become more anxious. You know, if you're angry or you're frustrated and you're just, you know, concentrate on that, you become more frustrated. It really amplifies totally feeling. So if you want to amplify feelings, you can, you know, when you surrender, you're turning it to a different feeling and mm -hmm. then you can amplify that. Yeah. What you focus on, you feel and what you feel you become. So um, you could focus on everything that's going really wrong. Um, the people who live with gratitude are the ones who are magnifying their life, period. Mm -hmm. It's looking for evidence of what's right, what's beautiful, um, what am I gifted with, what's, which, you know, how, what, so having that generosity mindset, that abundance mentality is going to bring you more of what you mm -hmm. actually want to feel, and then your life will look that way. So what do you say to somebody that lost their job, maybe uh, in lockdown alone and, you know, lost a family member or just things just keep, you know, the hits keep coming? Because I've heard these stories and people say, oh, it's nice that everybody is just enjoying their family time and, you know, making bread and, you know, creating arts and crafts projects. What do you say to somebody that's really being overwhelmed? I have to laugh at that because even the people that are posting that stuff, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> Um, so my, first of all, my heart is with you. You're not alone. Um, all of us are going to experience feelings of loneliness. I have a lot of family members surrounding me, but that doesn't mean I don't hit the wall in loneliness. Part of the path of life is recognizing that you're very special and not special at all. Mm -hmm. We're all one. And I think what this is bringing us to is we can't live in hierarchy. We can't live in separateness. We can't um, live in classification systems. Like we are all one. And so for those who are hitting, I call it the dark night of the soul when it's just compounded, right? It's just boom, 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 boom. There's a lot of mystical stuff around that. Mm. But the beauty of that is that you get to find out who you are and the universe is gifting you with this sovereignty that's the beauty of loneliness is it's bringing you to sovereignty. Like it's right back to what I was saying before what's in here, mm. find that beauty, look for it, ask for it in your surrender space. It's called a sacred need. You, the highest form of prayer is just surrender into your sacred need. What do I need right now? And ask for it. If you don't believe in God or source or higher power, that's okay. That's where you're at. Um, and it's like, no one knows. Nobody knows exactly this whole mystery of the God and the universe mm -hmm. and everything. And it's, it's meant to be that way because it's here. Mm -hmm. What we're heart. seeking for is already here. It's just accessing it. That's the trick. Mm -hmm. So breath work, journaling, 
lighting a candle and taking a bath. I know not everyone has the luxury to do that, but whatever you can do to get to still point of just erasing it and getting right back to the heart of yourself and then exploring that listening, um, deep listening, breathing, walking in nature, um, drowning out all the other voices so you can get into what's really essential. Um, the, deep, the deep listening is so interesting because I think that I always say that the most powerful muscle a woman has is her intuition, but yet we're so good at telling it to shut up. But I find that when I'm really listening, I mean, it literally comes to me in a voice. Like I'll hear a voice say to me, this is what you need right now. <laughs> you know, it's always there. We just yeah. tend to tune it out or we're so busy. And now that we're unbusy, as I call it, because I'm not, not busy. I'm right. Just different busy. It's a so. different. <laughs> now yeah, that we're unbusy. That. Yeah. yeah. We all have embodied wisdom and women more, I would, you know, there are a lot of men who are really in touch with their feminine who are super intuitive. So we're not just saying it's gender specific. Right. But like that, knowing that maternal instinct, whether you have children or not, it's just a knowing we have that's like, you know, the patriarchy's been in charge in our, all our systems for so long that I think that's another thing this pandemic is doing is it's bringing back the feminine, not just women, but the feminine and men, the intuitive flow, the knowing, the embodied wisdom, um, the, the, the more esoteric like flow and inclusion and expansion as opposed to just rigid logical, linear thinking, absolutism, black, white, right, wrong, we're coming more into a nuanced way of being, which is just, this is the way it is. Mm. We all just get along and you're no different than me and we're all one, you know, and it's, it's going to take a lot of unraveling, but I, mm. I think that we're on the path now. I think it's accelerating. So what do you think it's going to look like when we start coming out of this? How is that going to change or how are we going to change? I don't, I don't really know what the question is per se, but I mean, what do you anticipate with maybe mental health and femininity and, and all of that changing yeah. right now? You know, uh, I believe, and I don't know how long it will take, but I just believe that there's going to, like many things will be so stripped from us that we will only have ourselves and our, you know, how, like how we feel about ourselves as a reflection of how we see the entire world and all our relationships. Mm. But we need to look no further than here. So ego has a lot to do with that, you know, being stripped of our ego, being stripped of our comforts. I don't know how long it will take. Um, it's going to be a process, you know, I don't know if it'll be a complete collapse. I don't, I, it really, to me, it's less important how it happens, mm. but the deeper, um, the deeper construct will be, you know, if I only have myself, can I live with myself? Mm. If I only have, and I'm not talking apocalyptic, I'm just saying like the creature comforts we're so used to just taking for granted, mm. we may not have. And so how can I live in a space where I'm connected to mother earth? I'm connected to my own body and my own knowing. And I have a spiritual peace about me that supersedes anything that could mm -hmm. fall down around me. And if enough people can, can learn to access that and we have enough people guiding others like you are doing it, I'm doing it. We have enough people that guide others into that knowing 
we'll have a different world. Mm. So I think we're on the fast track to that. I just don't know how long that will take, but the feminine way is that knowing that intuition, um, the deeper wisdom, looking beyond the surface of things under the, what's happening underneath. And, um, it's not so much, it's, I think what we're doing is we're not looking so much at labels anymore. We're looking at what's, what's causing it like depression, for example, mm-hmm. a lot of people suffer from depression. Well, we don't need to treat depression. We need to treat what's causing it and what's causing it is different for every person. Mm-hmm. So when enough people understand mindfulness and body awareness and um, generational healing, and when enough people come into the knowing of it, they responsible for their own state and enough people awaken to that and they're not blaming or misappropriating shame or whatever. And they recognize I, I create my own reality. Mm. How I see myself is how I see everything. Richard Rohr, I love him. He's one of my teachers. Um, I listen to his stuff a lot, read his books, but he says the face I, as you say, like the face I show myself is the face I show the world. Mm. Or how I look at myself is how I see the whole world. It's that kind of like mm. when enough people, when that hits critical mass, just like the virus has, we will be, we will have a new earth. Mm. And that's a choice that we have to make right now. I mean, you know, everybody keeps saying, you know, there's either two types of people in this quarantine. There's either like the, I'm going to learn 12 new languages type person, or I'm going to sit on the couch all day and watch Netflix. And I don't believe that. I believe that you can kind of do both. However, Um, you know, I've said to my children, even, you know, you guys have a decision who you're going to be when this comes out of it. You have a decision of who you were during this. And you look back at this time and say, did I do the best I could to be the best me? Whatever that means, you know, and And sometimes that means resting, right? I was go, go, going. And I just had to come back to what's essential and start resting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's amazing, amazing advice. So I love everything you have to say. And I'm sure that, um, you know, actually, I wanted to ask you, you said something in the beginning, I forgot I wrote this down, that there's a difference between a dream and a calling. What is the difference between the two? So a dream is something that you're thinking about a lot and you wish, and it's like this, this desire that lives in you, like this unrealized desire. So you want it. It's a dream or a mission, you could even say. A dream or a mission is something you really want, but a calling is something you have to do. Mm. You have to. Like, you're, it's so part of your makeup. Like, you were engineered and born for it. So, if you don't step into it, this calling, a part of you will experience kind of a soul depression. Like, you won't be you. You'll mm. literally be depressing part of who you are. And so to me, that's the saddest thing when someone doesn't listen to the music that that's inside them. Um, so I feel like you will find your soul calling as you do what we were talking about, as you go inside. Mm. And it's very much the sacred, like internal process of just like, who am I? What do I actually want? And why am I not doing it? Mm. Such good questions. I think on that note, we will end because it gives people a lot to think about. This is such a good time to think about who you want to be when you come out of this, what your calling is, what your dreams are, um, and you know, how you want to change the world when this is all said and done because, or maybe it's not ever all said and done. You know, I, I guess that's really the lesson, right? Because 
like I said, people would always say, oh, you know, when I was done with treatment, oh, you're done, right? You're done, right? And you're never, ever done. If once you have cancer, you always have cancer in a way. It's always on your mind or it's in your, you know, heart, um, you know, hopefully not in your body, but you understand what I mean, that it's, it's part yeah. of you and your journey. And I think that this will be part of all of our journeys, even our children. I mean, I, I always joke to my kids, wait till you tell your kids one day about this, you know, and, and tell them who you are and how it affected you. So um, I think that that's great. So thank you for sharing all of that with us today. And tell us where everybody can find you if they want to learn more about you. Thank you. Uh, so yes, you can just, so my name, shereeburton.com, but it's, it's kind of hard to spell. But if you go to standspeakshine.com, I have some free offerings there. I have a free downloadable healing kit that you can just access. And it's got some great ways to just do that whole thing we talked about, like going within because your senses are your portals to going within. So I teach ways to access, access going within through your senses. So yeah, sandspeakshine.com. There's a healing kit there. I always have free offerings and stuff online that people can access, like to help heal your marriage, to help go to find the queendom within. So I have lots of offerings there, but Awesome. Yeah, we'll have all the links in the show notes as well. So everybody will be able to get there. Um, guys, I hope you're all hanging in there throughout this coronavirus pandemic. And uh, we're here for you. If there's any topic you want to hear about or discuss, please reach out. I'm happy to do so. Otherwise, I hope you all stay safe and stay healthy. Talk to you soon.